What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and host of the What to Know podcast show. And today we're going to do a special edition with a woman named Maya Ali, who's an associate director here at W2O and I've worked with for several years now. And she is actually a lot of the brains behind the organization. She does (laughs) a lot of the pulling of the quotes when we promote these things. Uh, She has listened literally to every single podcast I've ever recorded on the What to Know Sorry for you, Maya, for that. And uh, <laughs> she she also does social for W2O. And so it, when these get put out into the world, she's the one that sort of pulls together all the smart things and finds people's handles and you know makes it so that people actually want to listen to all the interviews we do. And so today <laughs> we decided we would do a special Thanksgiving edition of this. And with that, I won't spoil or take any of the thunder away, but Maya, why don't you tell us what we've got in store for this brief, but hopefully insightful and a little bit playful conversation we're going to have today. (laughs) Well, thank you for the intro. Appreciate it. Really excited to talk to you. Today, we're just really going to reflect on what we and you really have chatted with some of the guests through this year, take a pause to kind of reflect ahead ahead of the Thanksgiving break, um, and also get to ask you some fun questions because I, as you said, I've listened to every episode and I get to hear all the guests response, but sometimes I wonder what you're thinking too. And so my, my prediction is that pulling content is going to be a lot easier than hosting, but we'll see if that holds true by the end of this. But um, speaking of predictions, I think, you know, at the beginning of every year, organizations, leaders, individuals, kind of take a pause to think about what will this year look like? What are your expectations? And uh, January 1st, I don't know if anyone could have predicted the year that 2020 has really been for us uh, from COVID here stateside, focusing on um, systemic racism. We also just wrapped up a presidential election. We've all had to pivot. The show has been no exception. So I wanted to ask you about how the show has had to pivot in real time, both with guests and topic to reflect what is actually going on in the world. Yeah, I I like the question a lot because I think it is critical that you do meet your audience where they are. And I think one of the things, and we'll get into this more a little bit later, since you were kind enough to send me some questions in advance, on things like uh, the racism being a crisis, a healthcare crisis, right? And really the social injustice piece I know we we dug into that a little bit more, but the nice thing is, and you've kept me accountable on this front, we've been really digging into a diverse set of hosts for a while now and always continuing to try to do our, our best there. And we can talk more about um, some of those guests a little bit later. I would say that one of the things that we did do is we did definitely invest more in time with people like infectious disease doctors and virologists and epi- epidemiologists And so that was actually helpful. And that was a a turn that we took. I morphed some of the questions, you know, one of them, we we do keep the standard, which album would you take on a deserted island? Because it's fun. (laughs) Although there were a few like right in the midst of the early part of the pandemic where we dropped those because it just felt like it was a little too frivolous. And I have started asking people, if you have one wish, what would it be? And so, you know, I think we tried to to bring it up a little bit to speed with where we were. We were a little bit more somber in some of the conversations, again, especially earlier in the pandemic as people were 
uh, figuring this out and, and really it was turning our world upside down. So uh, we'll continue to morph it. I think there are some changes that we'll make in 2021, some COVID related, some just, you know, we want to keep the show fresh and I listen to a lot of different podcasts and, and always am in the spirit of, you know, how can we find the right format that's not too complicated to produce or record, but at the same time is something that's interesting and keeps up with the, the current times in terms of the format. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that's something you have to do when you're producing content on any medium, even right. I'm watching This Is Us on TV and they're going through the COVID and that fake world. And uh, it does kind of, you know, keep everyone accountable and mindful about, you know, yes, we are a show or yes, we produce content, but we also have a pulse on what's going on, you know, outside of that. And, and you touched on this, of course, COVID has, you know, maybe been the central theme of 2020. And you've made a really concerted effort to have diverse voices on the show, whether they're biologists, um, researchers, ER physicians. And I remember when, you know, all of this started to happen, there were conversations of, you know, how are we contributing to this conversation? We don't want to, you know, induce anxiety more, but, you know, we are in the healthcare industry. So we want to equip folks with knowledge and it's a very, very tight rope and, and fine line to walk that. I feel like you've done incredibly well this year, but can you explain why it was so important, not just to speak about COVID, but to have folks from different sectors of the industry share their expertise and what you're hoping that the audience would gain from their perspective? Yeah, I think it's always helpful when you have more information versus not. And I know early in the pandemic, we probably have learned a tremendous amount. We all know more about vaccines, treatments, <laughs> clinical trials, all that good stuff, which is, I think is probably good for everyone in society. But early days, we had a lot of conflicting results. Um, it was hard to know which voices to trust. And so one of the things we have the luxury of, because as you mentioned, we are a healthcare focused company, we do have a lot of contacts in the space. And so whether it was going into the emergency room with Dr. Joseph Habush, who's spoken at our events before right. and was dealing with patients on the front line, or Dr. Angela, or Professor, I think, Angela Rasmussen, uh, who's a um, epidemiologist or virologist from Columbia, and you know, getting their perspective. And this has been a legacy that we've done where you know we've always tried to make a point of talking to uh, people that are specialists. And then uh, folks like Dr. Monica Gandhi, right, who not only was mm -hmm. incredibly insightful around HIV because she was the co-host of the HIV, the AIDS 2020 event that was early this year that went virtual, but also a big believer in mask wearing. And she knew a lot about HIV and HIV is a pandemic that has been related to what we're going through with COVID right now. But going and talking to people like that and really understanding the science, understanding what was important. Recently, we had Sarah Hughes, who is the uh, head of biostatistics at GSK, you know, understanding like mm -hmm. what goes into this, why is it safe for these vaccines to get fast track approval or emergency approval? You know, what is happening in the emergency rooms? What is happening with the spread of this? And who do we trust and who don't we? We really felt it was critically important to try to get into that knowledge with the people that mattered that were helping make decisions. And hopefully we did a decent job at it. Well, I will say I personally, I mean, I do listen to all the episodes for, for my day job, but uh, it was incredibly comforting and still has been really informative to hear from folks that, you know, you know, that you trust. And 
you know, have firsthand accounts and really understand the science behind all of this and being able to pass that on to family members, friends, they've also appreciated it as well. So looking forward to hearing, you know, more folks share their expertise, but um, it's it's been incredibly insightful. Switching gears just a little bit here, you, you kind of touched on this earlier, but another, you know, central theme of 2020, at least here in the States, has been addressing systemic racism. And to your point earlier, you know, over the years, on the show, you've had guests who have spoken to this in, in one way or another. We had uh, Hannah Nicole Jones, the creator of the 1619 Project, uh, which is a New York Times project, which recently won a Pulitzer Prize. Uh, Dr. Michael Lomax, president of the United Negro College Fund. Uh, Dr. Monica Gandhi, who you spoke about earlier. Cynthia Carey Grant, who's the Oakland co-chair for the AIDS 2020 conference. Now, when you look at uh, the podcast, maybe at face value, you think, okay, this is a healthcare focused show, and it talks about marketing and communications trends, um, et cetera, but of how does the dialogue around systemic racism and racial inequality kind of fit the mold? So it's been a continuous thread since you started the show, but I was just wondering, can you unpack a little bit, why has that been a dialogue that has con continued since the beginning and when we started out, and the importance of having dialogue like that on a show, like what to know. Yeah, I think you as someone that's worked with me and, and W2O for a while realizes that we really place a premium on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's one of the things I have the luxury of uh, programming a lot of different content for events like South by Southwest or JP Morgan Chase, our own events, ASCO. And what we've always done is tried to place a premium on diverse backgrounds, both male, female, uh, you know, sexual orientation, um, ages, pe where people come in the world, whether they're black, white, or, you know, anything in between. And really, it, we know that it brings the best content when you can have a diversity of background and opinion. And so the good news is it wasn't something that was foreign or that was, you know, new to us, I should say. Uh, I was proud of the fact that the Hannah Nicole Jones podcast that was I introduced, but was expertly guest hosted by Abby Hayes, one of our colleagues, and then Dr. Lomax. Those were recorded, you know, last year. So we did that before uh, George Floyd happened, before the pandemic happened, and we have other, you know, amazing guests, C.K. Andrade, who is at Phillips, um, and among many others. And so it's something I want to continue to lean into, and I want to do a better job of. But I feel like it is critical. And the other piece is, is that. You know, I was at a rally. Um, we were lucky enough to have Juneteenth off earlier this year. And one of the things that Jim and our leaders, Jim Weiss, our, our CEO and our leaders, encouraged us to do on Juneteenth, this is right in the thick of, you know, our, our national uh, awareness, I think, of what a lot of people like yourself were already very aware of, painfully aware of. And that was the systemic racism and how it impacted our health. And so, one of the things I did is I went to a rally with my youngest daughter, who's 13. And there was a woman there that was a white woman, but she was an activist. This is over in Walnut Creek. And she really started to talk about that all lives don't matter until black lives matter. And I feel like if you want to translate that into health, that until black lives are taken into account and made put front and center for things like clinical trials and given equitable health and there aren't uh, a disparity in treatment, both from an economic and just a, I'm going to treat you differently because you have one skin color versus a not in you know, the emergency room or wherever else, 
then we're all at a disadvantage. It, it does all of us a disservice. And it's one of the things that I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can on my end of the bargain. And part of that is bringing the right voices in, not just diversity of skin color or where you come from in the world, but also making sure that we do have people that think differently about different topics. And so, you know, I, I know that there's a lot more I can continue. We can continue to do better and we're working on that. And I think having an awareness of the fact that you're never there. Um, Jim likes to say the second you, you think you've arrived, you're, you know, you've moved beyond. So it is something mm -hmm. I always try to keep in the back of my mind. And I have people like you uh, that I do consider a good partner with, and you're never, you know, you need to do this or you should do this, but you are that quiet sort of Jimmy, Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder, right? For anyone that remembers the, um, <laughs> you know, the Pinocchio movie or the book uh, of just constantly sort of reminding me, pointing out when things go well, reminding me when things maybe don't go as well, or maybe I sort of should have taken a different tact. And, and certainly you're not the only one, but you and I have worked closely together for a long time. And I've always been very appreciative of that partnership. Yeah, and the appreciation is mutual. You and I have had several conversations over the years about that um, topic, whether it be work-related or just, just personally. So it's it's been very inspiring to see how it's translated to the show. And, and as you said, you know, these are conversations, topics, folks that you had on the show and before this broader national awakening in 2020. So looking forward to, to hearing from more guests and, and just continuing to learn more, uh, which is, you know, a critical part of it all. Um, and I have one more question for you before we switch into the more lighthearted fun questions is this year, uh, we've had a lot of W2Oers uh, join the show, had the founders and managing partners of Star Power, Matt Lallon and Jared Weiss, uh, Dan Litton, our global data privacy officer, Guy DeAndre, the founder and managing partner of Discern Health, as well as Frank Mazzola and Tom Richards, co-global chief creative officers of 21 Grams. I really enjoyed hearing from in-house folks. You know, we've grown so much. It's kind of nice to hear from voices inside the room and, and learn about all the incredible work we're doing and, and how we're making the world a healthier place. How was it interviewing colleagues and, and why were there so many W2Ers joining the show this year? Yeah, when you pointed that out, it was interesting to think of how many there were. And we, you forget Brian Speck, who also, uh, who's my my yep. boss and ultimately your boss, um, you know, who joined and, and really has sort of rounded out the executive team. It, it is always a balancing act. For one, you don't necessarily know how they're going to show up. I mean, I have a pretty good sense. But the other is that we want to balance what the interests of our audience are. And we want to bring innovation to them. And we want to bring fresh voices and perspectives and I think where I've always tried to look is we have the benefit at W2O of hiring some of the smartest people in the world. And some of those people don't always get to be front and center. Dan Linton, our global privacy officer, as you mentioned, is not always out there speaking at conferences, although he actually does more than the average bear. Or Guy D'Andrea, who is a thought leader in and of his own right, um, who is one of the leaders of Discern, who we brought into the fold. You know, the gentlemen from Star Power who do amazing work connecting, you know, as we talk about it, bringing uh, Hollywood to healthcare, right? So Matt and Jared. But we do feel like it is nice for them to have our audience to have a little bit better understanding of sort of some of who we are and what we do and how we think. And again, we try to find that balance and not overdo it. I think over the course of the three years we've been doing this in the 155 or 60 episodes, I want to say we've had maybe 10 or a dozen internal folks, um, maybe a few more than that. But when you think about that, that's about a 10% or maybe slightly less 
ratio. Maybe we'd like it a little bit lower just in terms of making sure we don't overdo it. But we feel like, again, we have so many smart people here. We have so many diverse voices within our own organization that we want to let that light shine and, and hosting them on the podcast is one of the ways we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's been, again, so much growth this year. It's been helpful, I think, both internally and externally to see how we are evolving as, as a firm. As I promised, I wanted to ask you uh, two lighthearted questions that you typically ask folks, but I put a slight spin on it if you'll indulge me. So uh, the first question is, if you could wave a magic wand and have any guests on the podcast, who would it be and why? Well, I love that you did this and I actually wrote down my answers so I'd remember them. <laughs> I have made no secret about this, but uh, President Barack Obama is the person I really would like to bring on. And I actually am committed to doing that. So, um, you know, former president, if you're listening or any of your people, I know we actually know people in common. Um, I will make sure that we make this happen at some point in time because you've just been such an amazing inspiration. And I really love the way he thinks and he talks and the way he treats people. I am looking forward to getting back to some of that normalcy under, you know, his vice president, now president elect uh, Joe Biden, and actually, you know, um, vice president elect Kamala Harris, you know, who I, I would also love to have on the show. I had the luxury of being on a zoom call with her with, you know, a cast of hundreds, but before, while they were doing some fundraising and, um, she's, you know, she's an inspiration as well. So hopefully someday we'll have Mr. Uh, Barack Obama on the show. I am already going to invite myself to that recording. I know that's probably in bad form, but if it happens, I, I got it. I got to see it. it Maya. <laughs> All right. Uh, the final question I have for you is if you were stuck on a deserted island and you could only listen to three episodes of what to know, which would they be and why? Well, I'll answer that, but you had one other question in there that I also want to answer, which is the wishes question, and maybe you're dropping it because you wanted to be respectful of time, but I'll start with this one. This is hard, and I actually had to go back and look through the list of, you know, hundreds of them that we've done, and the three that really come to mind from a professional standpoint were Katie Couric, the founders of March for Our Lives, and um, Dr. Eric Topol, right? And ironically, Dr. Eric Topol, due to some time constraints on both of our parts, ended up being a 10 minute episode, but I was blown away by his intellect and just sort of the depth of thought and his outside the box thinking. And so I would highly recommend, you know, if you want a quick one, Katie, she was the first person that my parents actually knew who the guest was, right? And the founders of March for Our Lives were just such an inspiration and their story is amazing. You know, they're the ones who are advocating for uh, stronger gun, the um, better better gun laws, right? It's not gun control. They told me that I wasn't supposed to use that, but it's, you know, better enforcement of existing laws and, you know, better gun safety and understanding of, I will say selfishly, there are two that I really liked that were for me personally, and that was for um, Doc, uh, Chef Orange Sanchez, uh, you know, from, uh, who's a, a celebrity chef, wonderful guy. And then ZZ Ward, who's a singer and she's an up and comer and I've always loved her. And she just, she does such a nice job with social media. So both of them, I wanted mm-hmm. to sort of dig into their digital personas and how they segmented their audiences and how they use channels differently and really engaged and built their audiences. So um, I know that's cheating by throwing those last two in, but I gave you the first three and, and those two others were like nice guilty pleasures, but I think also interesting, hopefully to others. 
Well, as you always say, it's less about the answer and it's more about how the person is arriving to the answer. So I think it works out well. And you did, you did tip the hand that I, I had uh, left out a question that I think we actually have time for. So if I can circle back, if you did have one wish, any wish in the world that could be granted, what would it be and why? Yes. And so why I'm doing this is because I've joked with guests a few times that they always miss the trick to this question, which is <laughs> it starts with asking for five more wishes, right? And so rather than having one wish, I mean, I guess theoretically you could have a thousand, sort of breaks the spirit of it. But again, in the spirit of doing right and then having something personal, first one would be a cure for COVID. The second would be uh, widespread bipartisanship. So this is if I got my five wishes Third would be a solution for global warming, which I think we're facing, you know, increasingly um, you know, bad situations. Fourth would be health equity and social justice for all. And then for me personally, I'm a huge lover of the ocean and I love to dive, scuba dive and snorkel. And it's just such a peaceful thing. So a beautiful place on the beach on a secluded island with crystal clear emerald water and, you know, beautiful scuba diving. That would be my personal desire. So. Wow. Those are five excellent wishes. And I think the scuba one is definitely earned because the first four were so selfless that I think after all that, I think you should be able to snorkel. Well, this was really, really great. And, you know, in the spirit of heading into the skiving, have a lot of gratitude uh, for the conversation and being able to work on the show with you. And I will say that my prediction has held up. It is much more difficult to host than it is to suggest content, but uh, I really enjoyed the time and thank you for, for letting me chat with you. Well, thank you, Maya. This was a real pleasure. And, um, you know, it's always fun to turn the tables. We did this last year uh, with the woman who was the head of marketing at Wenty Wine, uh, Lisa Kalfas. And so it was fun to sort of talk through some personal questions. Uh, this was a nice walk down memory lane. I too am grateful for all the listeners, for all my colleagues, for all of our clients, for people like you. Uh, Maya, who really make coming to work every day a joy. Uh, so with that, I guess I will sign off. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O, host of the What to Know podcast. I've had my exceptional colleague and friend, Maya Ollie, who's an associate marketing director and one of the producers of the show and the distiller of all the great content into the ways that we put it out into the world. So with that, thank you, Maya. Thank you all. And happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash what to know.